Hi, I'm Tara. And I'm Mike. And this is Pizza Burger. And today we're going to be talking about music. We're going to be talking about our music preferences. And then we're going to let a robot roast our music preferences. But first, I have an update on something we talked about for like half the podcast last time. We talked about the Pacific Northwest Stories podcast, The Black Tapes, Rabbits, and Tannis. And you said that you liked Carly Parker. And I was editing the episode and I was like, I think Carly Parker is from The Black Tapes, not Rabbits. First of all, you are correct. She is from Rabbits. But while I was looking it up, I found out that Rabbits is going to have a three-episode miniseries and an entire novel that Mm -hmm. comes out June 8th. Miniseries on... Mini podcast series. Oh. So, like, a three-episode actual, like, podcast, and then a whole book is coming out. Yeah. Well, Tannis had a, was supposed to be on Showtime as a TV show. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Did it not happen because of the I mean, it, it came up. I saw it, like, this is probably two or three years ago. Um, I forget if it was, you know, Showtime. It was some sort of premium. I wish that really happened. That would have been really good. Yeah, it would be something that kind of lends itself to like a cool HBO or kind of sci-fi thing. It has Twin Peaks vibes. Peanut doesn't like Twin Peaks. She just doesn't like coffee. In 2017, Universal Cable Productions and Dark Horse Entertainment announced a deal to adapt Tannis for television led by Miles and television writer Lee Shipman. Terry Miles? Sam. Sam. Yeah, I'm assuming it just says Miles. He's who wrote the book. The Rabbit's Book. Sam Rami and Debbie Lieby. Lebling. Lebling. Liebling will serve as the show's producers. It's all it has. Oh, I really hope that happens. One of the... On the website, they have, like, the announcement about the book, and then they have some quotes from people, you know, how they'll give out books and have, like, famous authors give a quote about them. The one that stood out to me and made me excited about it is this one. Rabbits is a remarkably assured debut, deftly written and laced with intrigue. It combines Haruki Murakami's slice of life, I don't know who that is, surrealness with the thrilling pace and pop culture throwbacks of Ready Player One. So I'm very excited. So I just don't understand. They're moving away from the radio drama thing that we like in doing a sit-down podcast that the like it just like that doesn't lend itself to what the show was you mean writing a book no the three miniseries podcast that you said is, is like a podcast no it is a podcast but instead of like the full 10 or 12 episodes that they normally do they're just doing three. Oh, i thought you meant like it was gonna be like a talk show no no, no. it's like i'm <laughs> pretty sure I'm not sure. I should have listened to the trailer before we started, but they're basically doing a mini-series instead of the full 10 that they normally do. Our sound engineer is here, of course, Peanut. Um, She was making some groans. I don't know if that means there's something wrong with the audio, or maybe we need to pick up the pacing. I'm not really sure, but she's going to fall asleep soon anyway, so we can do whatever we want. (laughs) What was that? We don't have any treats, Peanut. I have a question for you, an opinion question. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, instead of like coming up with something to talk about, I guess they are coming up with something to talk about. A lot of the podcasts I listen to, 
they will go on Reddit and they'll go to like the subreddit relationship advice or a really popular one is am I the asshole? And they will read them and discuss them. And do you think that's lazy? Or do you think it's interesting? I mean, it's interesting enough. I don't listen to enough podcasts like that to like, I guess, have an opinion. I find them entertaining. But I also wonder if like how many times like the more podcasts you listen to, you can tell from the subject matter sometimes like, for example, I listened to one where they did the relationship advice and they were mentioning things that happened like Christmas time. So they must be sorting by, you know, most popular of all time and whatever. How many podcasts are just going to end up discussing the same like four Reddit posts over and over again and think it's like original? Well, yeah, probably a lot. It's like a mini rant I'm having because I'm torn. Because it's something that I feel like could be fun, but would it be fun for people to listen to if it's like what everybody does? And then there's also that idea of like, not to bring up the Jenna Julian podcast, every podcast, but they used to read like the no sleep Reddit. They would just take the things that people had written and read them. And they got in trouble and had to apologize because these were original stories that people had written and they were just like basically profiting off of these people's stories. And the reason they got in trouble is because somebody had sold the story and gotten a book deal out of it. And it was like a company's copywritten material because they had sold it to a company and were writing a book about it. And they had to take the episode down. So it's like, this has been going on for a long time. I don't think it's the same thing to like read a prompt from one of those Reddits and then give your opinion. Obviously, that's your own thoughts and it's not copywritten or anything. But I still wonder like, is it really interest? Is it interesting or is it lazy or is it like stealing other people's content? That's what I'm wondering. No, no. So anyway, the thing I wanted to talk about today is music. And music is something that I feel people, and this is my opinion, people put too much weight in other people's music preferences. There, I'm not saying everybody, but there are some people who immediately think they can judge a person entirely purely based on their music preferences. And I think that's like, you know, when you set up a dating profile, did you ever, you never online dated. So for a very short period of my life, I online dated and it's like, everyone wants to know your music preferences. And I never liked filling it out because I kind of had experience when I was little, like in middle school, primarily middle school, where I was made fun of for the type of music that I liked, which at the time was country music. Now, there's nothing wrong with liking country music. I wouldn't say that I still actively seek out country music, but at the time, I really liked Gary Allen, and I still like his music. Like, my dad has one of his CDs, like a greatest hits, and he'll like play it in his truck and I'll enjoy it. But I don't go to Spotify and choose to listen to him unless like once in a great while I'll have the urge. But I think part of it is I was just, when I was really little, like just learning to talk, my mom would play Alan Jackson and there's a song called Chattahoochee 
which I think is a river. And my mom said that I would start saying Chattahoochee all the time. So that was just like the music that I grew up listening to. It's not that I didn't like pop or rap. Like I really liked Britney Spears. That was one of my first CDs. Possibly my very first CD was Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. Like the pink cover with her and like the red, like people know. And um, my first cassette tape that I remember getting was Spice Girls. But in middle school, when kids start asking each other what kind of music they like, and I would say country, I would be made fun of. Did you ever have that experience? <laughs> um, Not really. I wouldn't say I... So you've always been cool. Yeah. <laughs> music just wasn't something that... I Anyone guess, cared about? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe just the culture in my school was different that, like... But you... I just don't remember anybody being made fun of for their music choice, I guess. It definitely probably happened. I just don't remember seeing it. Yeah, well, I definitely remember it happening. And once I got into high school, I feel like that's also when we started using LimeWire. And if for those who might be younger, LimeWire, what would you say it was? A torrent? LimeWire wasn't... Well, I guess it was... It's torrents. Torrents for dummies is what I would call it. Mm, I guess it could be. I mean, well, I remember LimeWire being like... It was essentially like a program that was connected to a database. And you'd use that program to search the database for things you wanted to download. Now, that's not really the case anymore. It still exists? I don't know. I don't believe LimeWire in the same... It exists in the same sense. It used to be just a website with torrent files that you would download and then use a torrent program to download them. And I don't know if it's... it's, I don't know if LimeWire exists like that. There's a lot of... Finding torrents nowadays is harder than it used to be. Uh, most people just assume to you know, look for the Pirate Bay, and that's not always around. Um, so it's harder, I think, if you're, not, if you're not downloading torrents all the time, you sort of lose touch with the best way to get them. Yeah, I never... Like, LimeWire was the only time I ever dabbled in that. And I wouldn't have even known the word torrent at the time. But that's like when I really started exploring music. And that's when I really got into Fall Out Boy, which is my favorite band, has been since high school and probably will always be. I still listen all the time. I have the entire um, discography on vinyl, thanks to Mike. You know, Panic at the Disco, My Chemical Romance. I would say like My Chemical Romance. I liked the three famous songs. But that's when I started to like discover what my taste in music actually was because now we had access to all the music. Whereas before, if you wanted to listen to music, you had to go to like FYE and wear the headphones in the store and like pick up random CDs and play them. So like there was, it wasn't easy to like find what you actually liked unless it was playing on the radio which I didn't really like, like the really popular music. I also didn't, like we talked about last time, I didn't have high-speed internet until I was like pretty much in college. That's so right. downloading music was uh, that wasn't not, gonna not a real option. For you. The best I could get was, um, what I had to do was basically, because this was like a time before, where like CD players like could know the track title and stuff, like your car would know, you know occasionally, like if you get one of the smarter CDs, it would tell you. Yeah, or if you put it in your computer. 
Yeah, sometimes it would populate the tracks. I had to, like, guess song lyrics. Dial up to the internet. Google them. Find out what the song was. And then find that singular song for download for free online. So that my download was only, like, two megabytes. Because I was only downloading one song. Yes. And I could download it in, like, five minutes. Yeah, I don't remember how long it would have taken me. To this day, somewhere there is a bunch of music files from that. Like on my iPhone in my car, there is some music files that I remember downloading. And they're, you know, I could tell from the format of like how the tracks are written in that I wrote them in. And then there's like some Linkin Park songs that the track titles are just like song lyrics. Or they would have underscores in them. Not that as much if I made them. Yeah. But, like, I, I to this day, there are several Linkin Park songs I've never even bothered to learn the actual title of the track of. You just because know I just some know, of the lyrics. I just know the lyrics, and that, like, I, I used, like, a clever line from the lyrics to name the song in my old, my first MP3 player because I didn't know. Like, I just didn't know yeah. what it was. Um, and I didn't have the CD to look at it. So, like, that was my music growing up. Um, I would say I don't really have, like, I have favorite artists, but I don't, like, assign any one. As your favorite. Group or person is, like, my favorite music. I, it changes to, changes too often. Like, I stay within the normal, my normal genres of music generally. But I get obsessive over certain things, and I'll listen to the same style of music or, like, the same artists, like, few albums, like, over and over and over again until I kind of get sick of them for a while, and then I move on. Yeah, I feel like everyone does that. So I wouldn't, I don't know, like, obviously, uh, like, I'm a big fan of Mac Miller, but, you know, I'd probably say he was my favorite hip hop or rapper or whatever, but there are others I like that I look, I'm like, oh, well, uh, now I feel bad for that guy. Like, you know, whoever that, that other person, like, oh, they're not my favorite. It's like, oh, <laughs> so I just don't, I just don't pick. Oh, well, it's I, easier. Like, I, I, I clearly have, have a favorite, but I don't, I just don't. If you had, if like, if you had asked me what I would say is your favorite right now, it's Mac Miller. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Just because of like the level of interaction I have with his music and stuff. Yeah, you're collecting not only his music and those um, leaked tracks. Well, those are few and far between now, which is annoying. Uh, I haven't seen them in a while, but it's for a good reason. So I'm really not. Right. But you were collecting his music digitally. You've been collecting his albums on vinyl. And you're even collecting the mirror from... Well, yeah, I have five of those now. Swimming? The Divine Feminine The mirror. Divine Feminine <clears throat> mirror. So you have five of those. So I feel like I don't even have, like, Fall Out Boy. I have, like, one Fall Out Boy t-shirt from when I saw them for the first time when they came back. That I drove all the way to Connecticut to see them from New York. Not that that's... I mean, it was like three or four hours. And then it was so funny. The next summer, they came like literally 40 minutes away to a very local concert venue. So, but in my mind, like when I was getting into them... I did go twice. Like I did get to go twice. And I got to see them with Panic at the Disco in Connecticut. And they sang $20 Nosebleed together which is like it's Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco together. And they sang that song and I have it on video. So it was like I was losing my mind 
when they sang that song together. So with the uh, all the rules and stuff being lifted for vaccinated people, have you thought about the Hello Megator? I have. Dave has tickets. He's <laughs> he's going. Where is he going? Hershey. Oh, that where that was where I was going to go. I haven't thought about it because I haven't looked at the dates because I don't know what this summer is going to look like for us. Just on a personal note, we have a few weddings that got postponed. I don't know when they're going to be happening. And I would feel bad if we, you know, booked something months away, like a concert. And then like somebody was like, I'm going to have my wedding that was supposed to happen like two years ago on that day. Yeah, I don't, I mean, uh, what two weddings? The one you're in and the one I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I would assume, I haven't heard anything from my friends, so I, I don't even know if that's happening at this point. Like, They just might never do it. I don't know, but I mean, they're not, they have yet told me nothing. So I would just assume that I'm not going to hold my life because, like, if I find yeah. something cool, I'm going to buy a ticket and go to it. Like, I'm not going to wait. Like, it's too bad. Like, and, you know, I wish them all, you know, of course, so the best of luck. And, I, you know, I want them to be happy and have an awesome life, but I can't. I'm not going to. Right. You're right. We can't put our entire lives on hold. So like if they're going to have their wedding in August, like we should know by now. You're probably right. So let me look. I'm looking to see what day they're in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I also have never been to Hershey. And my dad used to go every year on like a, um, it's August 13th and it's sold out. Well, that's probably for the better because had you have gone to Hershey, I probably wouldn't have been able to go. Yeah, I don't know what day of the week that is. But they're not really coming anywhere convenient to where we live, I'd say. No, I mean, there's probably a good, you know, good chance, opportunity for them someplace locally within the next year or two. I'm not super into Green Day or Weezer, and they're with them. I don't know how much of the concert would be Fall Out Boy. I don't know, you know, I would love to see a, what's it called? Not a playlist, but the list of the songs. Set list. Set list. Um, before I decided, probably. I feel satisfied with the amount of times I saw them and the experience I had seeing them. Because the second time was local in Saratoga, SPAC, and it was with Paramore. And even though, like, obviously I was aware of Paramore songs, I wasn't super into them. But seeing the performance, Haley Williams, was a phenomenal performer live and when I tell you her voice sounded exactly the same as it does in the recording and she wasn't lip syncing obviously so talented it made me a Paramore fan and now I like have listened you know now I actively listen to Paramore so while I wasn't really into them seeing them live made me a huge fan but that's kind of why I'm not like super into seeing the Hello Megator because when I saw Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy, I felt like each I felt like Panic at the Disco kind of opened for Fall Out Boy. Like it was mostly a Fall Out Boy concert. I also saw Twenty One Pilots. That was the three that did that performed that night. Paramore and Fall Out Boy basically split it in half, so it was like less about Fall Out Boy. It was like more even. So with this Hello Megator, I don't like. There's three of them, so now we're cutting the time that they're gonna perform by a third. And it's like, I don't know if it's worth it for me to drive like four hours, go to New York City. I hate going down to the city. Like, I don't know if it's worth it for me for like a third of a concert. But they are my favorite and will always be. But yeah, I do have one shirt and I have the 
discography on vinyl because you gave it to me. But that has like a poster in it. It has a cool box. It has the felt thing you put under your record. What is that called? Slip mat. A slip mat. Yeah. We are, well, I don't want to say we because I don't seek it out as actively, but you are all in on vinyl. Yeah. What made you want to start collecting it? Honestly, it wasn't even the music at all. It was an Every Time I Die record that is my favorite, like, looking album cover that I just wanted, like, a large print of, but mm-hmm. that doesn't really exist. So the the cheapest way to get it was, like, a $15 record. And then I had the record, so I looked for a record player and found one, like, cheap on Craigslist. And that was... The rest is history. And now how many do you have? <laughs> uh, we're close to 150 maybe. Ooh. I have three cubes filled up. Is that including the ones that are technically mine? Yeah. Because I have I have not purchased any for myself, but I Mike has purchased some for me. Um some notable ones, the Fall Boy one. I have Beyonce's Homecoming on vinyl, which came with this like giant glossy picture book. So that was really cool. I have we have the Back to the Future soundtrack now. We have... Um, Various Christmas Peanuts records. Peanuts two, and Vince Guaraldi Trio. That's what it is. We have the Christmas one. And the Rudolph, the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Two Rudolphs. Now. Two Rudolphs now. We haven't listened to the newest one, which uh, was from a garage sale for $2. So we don't even know if that's going to play. <laughs> but the, you know, Rudolph special from the 50s. It has the original music on one side, and then I think the other side has, like, orchestral versions of it. So it's it's huh. a good good one. Or is that... Am I getting the Peanuts one confused with that one? I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. But um, Thoroughly Modern Millie, the movie soundtrack, not the Broadway musical, which has the tapioca song. That's a deep... That's a deep cut movie and song. So... Various Star Wars records and things like that. Yep, Star Wars. And then probably the most, like, sentimental one that you've given me is the audio from the Tiki Room at Disney. Oh, yeah. It's the full audio from beginning to end. Literally at the end, they tell you to leave, like they do in the theme park. That was a gift for Valentine's Day, and it was paired with a candle that smells exactly like a Dole Whip. So if... You've been to Disney, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, basically, you always eat, like, Dole Whips are famous, people have heard of them, but where you get a Dole Whip in Disney is at the Tiki Room. So those two things together, to smell the Dole Whip smell and hear the Tiki Room, you literally can close your eyes and feel like you're at Disney. So it was like a way for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes for me to just, like, escape and just be at Disney in my mind. And that was very special. Do you feel I explained my music preferences? Oh, I feel... Well, you just said you like Fall Out Boy. That's the only thing you said. <laughs> All right. So before the robot, like, judges me, I will say what I feel is my music preferences, like what I would tell somebody. So I love Fall Out Boy and anything Fall Out Boy adjacent, which would be like Panic at the Disco. And I have some weird, like, niches of music that I enjoy, one of which is anything Nintendo, like eShop, Wii Sports, Professor Layton, 
Zelda. I love the music from those games and will listen to unironically to enjoy. I also have recently got into Kali Uchis, but didn't know that I've been into Kali Uchis since Flower Boy came out and she was on See You Again. I never knew that was the female singing in that song. You know, going backwards, when I started dating Mike, he got me into Tyler the Creator, which I had never really listened to and now I'm very obsessed with. Flower Boy is my hula hoop record. Well, album. When I hula hoop, I like to listen to Flower Boy from beginning to end, but I skip Who Dat Boy. And we also have that on vinyl. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, I love Beyonce, Who Doesn't, and Spice Girls, Britney Spears, basically the big pop stars from my day. (laughs) My day, like I'm 80. I do get into, like, I'll like a song here and there from, like, Ariana Grande, but it's like, I wouldn't say that my main genres pop but I do enjoy some of the like more popular pop songs and of course like now with TikTok I'm being exposed to things like Dua Lipa that like I wouldn't have sought out on my own so my Spotify liked playlist is just a mishmash of craziness and then there's also a subset of J-pop not K-pop J-pop I got an email saying this was in stock this morning. Isolation by Caliuchis. Sold out already. Sold out already? I don't know if we'll ever get it from Guitar Center. No, I mean, they took my money, so. <laughs> we bought the Caliuchis Isolation album, which I basically have been listening to on repeat, and we don't know if it'll ever come because it's back ordered. And anytime a place gets some of those records, they sell out so quick. So I guess that's my, was my, the other draw I had for the records and stuff is like, one, like having, I think it's different for people that might be like five to ten years younger than us, because they grew up kind of like tail end of CDs or like in the digital music era, and they didn't need or never had that like the experience of like going to FYA and listening to music or like just seeing an album. Like there's a band that a friend of mine and I both really love, and it was complete happenstance that him and I just both liked this band and ended up working together, and we, we went and saw them once. It was cool. What band? Uh, the band's called Between the Buried and Me. It's like a oh, progressive yeah, yeah. metal band. I saw the album on a whim. I bought it because the band had a cool name as far as like progressive metal bands go, and um most of that the music that i listen to in that kind of genre is not um i don't usually go for like the death and destruction kind of metal and none of that is really has any sort of appeal to me although if you're into metal you will and other people know it they will not stop recommending music to you it's (laughs) it's unbelievably annoying hip-hop people don't do that there are other people i work with that i talk music with and they never make any suggestions unless they absolutely know it's like someone I already listened to. But there are like all the metal people will be like, Hey, have you listened to this band? What about this band? And there's all this like, well, are they like, are they a hardcore band or are they like death metal band? I'm like, I don't care what their genre is. It just (laughs) never mattered to me. The genre of music that this band plays. I just like what they sound like. And so I'm, I'm uh, kind of really picky about that. But so buying records, 
in having it's like having like this physical piece of like it's like merch almost that's really easy to get like going up and going to the shows i went to you couldn't go just go online and buy that band's t-shirt you you had to wait for them to come to town because there was just no way to get it or if you know it was like the infancy of online shopping and stuff so you might have been able to get some of it but again no internet wasn't going to happen Right, and a lot of them were like small, more independent bands that yeah, wouldn't for have the had most this part. like huge label behind them pushing yeah. that stuff. So, so that was like part of it. Is it's like you say, oh, you have a Fall Out Boy shirt. Well, I have like probably I don't know, probably ten different Four Year Strong shirts, mm-hmm. three or four Every Time I Die shirts, a handful of Mac Miller shirts, which he is like you know an artist with a big you know Warner Brothers is behind him and they distribute all of his things. And I never got a chance to see him live before he died anyway, so it wasn't like I was going to have an opportunity to buy that stuff. Right. So that was, like, the thing. The, the I think the merch itself, especially the t-shirts with, like, the hardcore metal scene is, like, a big deal to wear. Because it's, like, a sign of, like, it's, like, an identity to a lot of people. And so you, you wear those shirts in public, and it's, like, a thing. Yeah, and you can it's like, like a badge of honor. Give almost. a nod to the other guy you yeah, see. Yeah, you see a guy with a metal shirt on. You you almost immediately kind of flesh out like what kind of person that person is. Yeah, just like based on their stature and how they carry themselves, and then they've got a metal shirt on. It's like okay, this person's like at least semi down to earth. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. It's not like they're wearing uh, you know U two or you know it's like I I don't have anything against U two. I just like for me, it it's like blah music. Like I have no interest in it. Yeah, I couldn't name a song. Yeah. They're famous for putting their album on all the iPhones. Yeah, and that was a big deal. And I, I, I immediately didn't like that. But And I bet they hate that that's what they're known for. Well, I mean, they're just known to, like, I think a certain subset of people like that. But there are people that... I, I know someone who's a huge U2 fan. And I, I totally get why he's into U2. Because that was his music growing up. That was, like, what... You know, he's a, he's a music guy anyway, so he likes a lot of music. But he's like his favorite band is U two, and you know he wear you know he wears he's got U two shirts. He wears like one three days a week. I, I get it. I totally get it. So it's just not my style of music, I guess. Uh, but the the records are allow you to kind of have this tangible piece of something. Yeah, it's like a connection. Like it had been a long time since I had like sat down and listened to a record and like read a lyric out of a insert. Like, because the CDs used to come yeah. with those little booklets that had, like, lyrics or pictures or something in it. And it had been such a long time since I had physically, like, sat down and just listened to something without doing anything else. Right. And there was something, there was some sort of appeal to that. Um, and then, like, you know, so you listen, to, it's, it seems like a weird combination, records and, like, metal. Like, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> go together. Because when you think of records, you have imagery of, like... It's like hip-hop or classic rock. That yeah. When you think of records, that's what you think of. You think of old dudes playing classic rock or old... Or like a DJ scratching it or something. And that's like the hip-hop side of yeah. it. Uh, so you don't think like, of Britney Spears. No, you don't think of Britney Spears. And the so that that is part of the cool thing of like finding these hidden gems. I'm also like kind of a person that I enjoy the hunt for random crap like that. I was going to so, say, I think that's the, your most, like the biggest draw for you is... It's the finding hunt. them. Yeah. And for me, it's not a thing about. So it's my, the collecting. It, there's the collecting aspect of it, which I like to do and I've done with video games all my life. And 
and other things uh, throughout the years, the RC cars and other things like that. I wouldn't really call that collecting, more of a hobby, but it was the same principle of like search around online, find the part you need or the record you want, and then see if it's available because who knows. Yeah. The So my dad collects a lot of records, and for him it's like a lot of classic rock, the music he grew up listening to. But for him it's like almost exclusively – Older records, records from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And he doesn't want, like, if they reprinted it or something. He doesn't actively search out record, like, new pressings of records. If there was a Pink Floyd in a Target, he would not be interested. He wouldn't buy it. But if there was a Pink Floyd in a dusty back room of a record shop, he's all over it. Yes. Yeah. So he doesn't, like, but for me, because he's into certain genres that lend itself to, like, yeah, you can go find you know, a Fleetwood Mac record in Walmart any given day of the week. And it's a great record, so why wouldn't you... Like, I have that record. I happen to have a an older copy of it, you know, but it's there. If you want it and you really want a copy, you can go to Walmart or Target or whatever and get it. I don't have any problem with doing that when it comes to something I really want. A lot of times with, like, hip-hop or metal records, there is no first version of it. It's either only ever been made on like a mass scale and then sold on Amazon or something or at Walmart or what have you. Like, so you can find, okay, so you can say, oh, I want a Tyler Creator Flower Boy record, right? So you can go online and you can look for it. And it might be available at a few websites or it could be pre ordering or sold out somewhere. And you have to have like a restock notice or something. Or you can get lucky and walk into a Target and get it. Yeah. They probably be sitting are, next to a Billie Eilish. Yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> so like there are certain things like there will always be Billie Eilish records for sale because she's considered cool, and cool people would buy that record. It won't be thirty with their or forty Urban years from now, like where people will table. be hunting for Billie Eilish records. No, probably not. You know, like or for the early Billie Eilish records, there are certain things like you just can't get. The old version of, which is fine. I'm fine with that. There are certain things like new releases that I found that if you wait and you don't buy it or don't pre-order it, you will probably never get it for that cheap ever again. And that's the annoying thing about it. And there's lots of things, people scalping things today. It's like, it seems to be a common thing. And maybe I just see it more because, because of the media in which I'm consuming is kind of directed at that. Yeah, no, that's a huge records. issue with even, like, makeup. So, like, yeah, it goes from, like, makeup to, I mean, just the reselling markets that are out there today. Are ridiculous. Are, yeah, I think I think they're fine for, like, yeah, you have something used and you want to resell it, that's fine. But the and, people that buy things just to resell it, I'm not, so yeah, not okay you know, with. I, it's come across my mind, oh, maybe I should just buy two of these and, you know, make my money back. That would be great, but a lot of things I'm buying, I it, it doesn't feel right. So I don't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, for me, I don't have a problem pre-ordering a. You know, I got a Mac Miller record in the mail or uh, in the mail or Caliuchus. I pre-ordered because the Caliuchus is a, 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 a different kind of situation. But like, so this Mac Miller record shows up, and it's not even like this. It's a bootleg pressing. It's not something that Warner Brothers even owns. Mm-hmm. But it's never going to get remade. It will only ever be made as a bootleg pressing um, unless, you know, people really decide they want a a real version of it. But so I buy it 
And already, like before I could even get my copy in the mail, I see several listings online for two or three times the price. Right. And people don't even have it in their hands. Yeah. The same thing happens, like, there's a bathing suit company that is fairly new that I've been buying bathing suits from, and they're really high quality and really unique styles, and the same thing happens. If you don't buy them within the first hour, you will not get the size or the color you want, and then you go on Poshmark the same day, and they've already listed the bathing suits, and they're using the pictures from the website. Yeah, so I'd say there's less of that. I mean, it's Albmark, so you can just put a JPEG of an Albmark. Yeah. And I see that on eBay a lot. So, like, I searched today just because I was bored. I went to eBay, and I typed in, every time I die, vinyl. Every time I die is one of the metal bands I like. The They have a, a number of records that are just available anywhere i bought one at fye a few years back because i didn't have it yet and i knew it was there and i knew i was gonna have to buy it new so i just drove down to fye and bought it so i could have it that day they have other records that are remarkably difficult to get to the point where i've like moved things like scheduled things around in my life (laughs) to just be available to get the opportunity to buy it this is like a different situation where it's not a new pressing that is available to everybody. It's one copy being sold on eBay for a high price because it's rare. Mm-hmm. And I really like that aspect of it. I, I, I say this to you often, like, oh, I bought this thing. It's worth a lot of money or will be or will accrue value because it's a rare item. Not that I'm ever going to sell it. Yeah. I enjoy the collection. I enjoy, like, being able to put X piece of... Uh, um, of memorabilia on a shelf and being like, yeah, like, yeah, I got that. Like it's satisfying. I put in the effort to find and get that, and then I my next theor- or step is always like, okay, how 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 little can I pay for said thing? Yeah, can I can I kind of like the eBay uh, records where you put in bids? So I paid like one hundred and ten dollars for that every time I die record I have, mm-hmm. and on on here right now. Is let's see every eated, eated. So I've... here we go. Every time I die, vinyl. This is what I've searched on eBay. New junk aesthetic, fifty bucks. That's the one with my favorite album. That's the that's my first ever record. Low teens, sixty bucks. I guarantee this says it's a mispress. Whatever that means, it's Fye edition. So these people generally know like about the record. So I'd be like, okay. Do I need this mispressed version that's sealed for $60? No, I can go to I can go to FYE and buy it for $20. Yeah. So I went to FYE and buy it for $20. Bucks. But then we find here, The Big Dirty. This is the my favorite album of theirs. Mine's the brown pressing. This is the brown and yellow pressing. And then this seller wants, there's it's not a bid. It's just a buy it now price, $330. Oh, my God. So that the price of that album. Just by its availability, there's two for sale on here. At least there was, you know, an hour ago. Um, they both wanted about $300. And I bought, you know, so in theory, the record I bought a year and a half ago, or two years ago now, has increased in price 200%. Yeah, that's crazy. If they ever make more, obviously the price goes down. Not that I care, because I'm never going to sell it. Mm-hmm. But... It's cool to know that I was able to get in earlier. Like, had I gone to a concert 20 years ago and bought one, <laughs> yep. I probably would have paid 15 bucks or 30 bucks for it. Yep. So here I am paying a premium 
but also kind of getting in on the ground floor of like modern day record collecting of getting it yeah for not what it was going to explode to and there are going to be people who don't understand the point of yep. CDs, records, cassette tapes, because cassette tapes are the big thing. Like, whatever they're selling at Urban Outfitters is the popular thing. So, and I do feel that way about CDs in particular, because CDs are almost, like, the most fragile form of music storage that we've ever had. Like, they scratched all the time, they were easily breakable, they would get stuck in your car, like, and then you would never retrieve it, like, without breaking it. I feel that records have proven themselves to be durable because we have records from the 50s, the 60s that still play today, if they were taken care of. Um, I think there are a few ways to repair them, you know, even slightly. You can clean them. A scratch is a scratch, but... Yeah, you can restore them slightly, Cassette tapes probably are very durable. Again, if you store them correctly, you don't pull the tape, you don't expose it to too much sun or heat. Like, CDs are the only one that I would never, like, invest into. I have the CDs I have, and particularly I have the original from Under the Cork Tree from 2005, um... In my Beatle, and that's the only CD I keep in there because my Beatle is from 2005. That album is from 2005. So I just felt like that should be my car CD, like when I got my Beatle. But other than that, like, I do feel that there will be people who will never understand the point of it when you can have hundreds, thousands of songs on a small device like your phone. Yeah, so one of the Someone I work with, the same person who recommends metal bands to me all the time, also complains that I shouldn't be buying records that of bands whose music were, were produced in this digital age. He's like, well, it's a digital recording, and then you're turning it into an analog recording for the record, and just you're losing quality, and he's very weird about it. He's, you know, he doesn't describe himself as an audiophile, but he is, so... I understand why he may think that records aren't aren't better nowadays because of digital lossless compression and all. You know, I get it, and I tell him it's not about. I think yeah, it does arguably sound better, but it sounds better because you're enjoying it more, not because it sounds better. In my opinion, yeah, like it's not about the the quality of the music, right? And for me. It's about having it. It's about having it. And then the two things that have stood out for me with records is it's a way to say, I found this music, album, whatever, special enough to have a physical version of it, to seek it out, to pay for it. Whereas I could just go on Spotify and listen to it, not for free, because we do pay for Spotify, but like essentially for free a million times, however many times I want in a second, or go on YouTube for free and listen to it. I deem this album important enough to have sought out a record version. And the second thing is artists put thought into the song order, the um, interludes between the songs. Like when they put together an album, there's thought that goes into it. Not everybody probably, but you know, Tyler, the creator is a good example. I think the order of the songs and the way they lead into each other is very intentional. And for you to listen on Spotify to one song here and there, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is something to be said about putting on an album 
and just letting it play all the way through. Yeah. And getting to hear it in the way that the artist intended for you to hear it and enjoy it. And I think for me, that's been the biggest, like, appreciation I've learned from this whole record experience is to listen to something from beginning to end and be patient and, like, experience it the way it was meant to be. Yeah. From beginning to end. Yeah, so there's there's something to that. I, uh... So going back to the Between the Better Me record, when, the, when I found it, I bought two, I, I have a very specific memory of this where I was, you know, was at Walmart and I bought three things that day. A, uh, a, a smart bulb. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it was Between the Better to Me, their album called, it's called Colors. And the reason why it's important is that album is like essentially one continuous song. That's cool. The album was experimental in its idea. It's like their best work. I like their other, some of their other albums, but that album in particular is amazing. And it's something that my friend Brendan and I both recognized how great this particular album was. And we have this shared bond over this particular album. Shout out to Brendan. Shout out to Brendan. Brandon, as they call him. Um, so I bought that. I bought System of a Down's Steal This Album album. It's an out. It was a. It was a CD. They're both CDs. The CD. It was interesting because I thought it was something was wrong with it, but I hadn't listened to this system of a down album before. So it, it, the album was called "Steal This Album." It was sold in like a blank CD case with only the back cover. Oh, or cool. Like s- slip slipped in there. The front you could just see. The it, CD. it looked like it was like a, a a bootleg CD or like something you'd burn. It looked like a burnt disc. It was just a white disc, and it looked like someone in Sharpie had written System of a Down, Steal This Album, exclamation point. That's really cool. So I bought it, because I hadn't listened to it before. And then the third thing I bought was a video game for PlayStation 2 called Shadow of the Colossus. And the reason why all these are important is, one, they are remaking Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm kind of excited for it, or they may have already remade it. The the game is like a kind of an atmospheric game. You could call it like a Zelda clone, if you will. But there's it's like this large open world. There's like a woman that you're supposed to save. She's like a princess. She's like asleep, kind of like a Sleeping Beauty kind of scenario. Um, but you have to destroy these giant like elemental monsters. So like made of the earth or something. Mm-hmm. And like but a there's no rock. kind of like a Balrog, yeah. But there's no like there's no text. Nobody nobody talks in the entire game. It's just you on this horse, and there's no enemies. There's just bosses. So you just have to. It's like the whole game's a puzzle. The bosses are a puzzle. You have to like climb them and like stab them in these like blue spots on their body. Mm. But their their body is a puzzle. Like you have you can't proceed until you know certain like their hair moves over. You can climb. Oh. It's a, a very cool game that I was not good enough to beat back in the day. Mm. Because the game has no talking, no voice acting, it's just like... The music's bomb? It, it, the, well, no. The, I honestly couldn't tell you what the music is. Oh. Because I came home, popped that game on my PS2, and threw Between the Barrier to Me and System of a Down into a CD player. I see where this is going. And I played them. I find that, that even though System of a Down like in that particular album is... Like, they sing lyrics, and but that whole album is, like, melodic and metal in its own sort. It just kind of fit really well with the game. So that's what I did. I played that game, and I listened to those two albums because of the flow. That, yeah. You know, so... You, like, created your own soundtrack. Yeah, that was pretty much it. So I have this memory of these three items meaning a lot 
for some reason of just like having a big impact on whatever musical preference or like you know that sort of thing which brings us to probably the biggest factor in all of this nostalgia a little bit some of it's nostalgia i would say or a majority of it's nostalgia the record collecting is fueled on nostalgia mostly it started with it well it started a, a little bit Kind of. With for, the, for me, it started because I wanted just... That every a, time I die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't say... But you are nostalgic about them because it's not like they're around now. Who? Every time I die. Oh, yeah, they're around now. Oh, they are? Yeah, yeah. Oh, never mind. So so I just was like a fan looking to collect an album cover. The nostalgia part of record collecting is the old records. It's the classic rock. It's the, you know, an old Elvis record. or Oh, I found a copy of Michael Jackson's Thriller or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, we found that in the basement. We found one of those in the basement, exactly. So that's where all the nostalgia comes, and that's what's the main driving force is like all the hipsters buying all the classic, the Zeppelins and the Pink Floyds and stuff. And and wearing the t-shirts but can't name songs of the band. Yeah, exactly. That's a thing people yeah. hate. So I wouldn't say my reason for record collecting is, is purely out of nostalgia because there's enough records that I buy that are brand new. Yeah, of course. That I don't have this. I just like that music, and it's happening right now. So I, w- I wouldn't call it nostalgia. I would. I was speaking more generally of like how records are now in Target. Like, yeah, yeah. The mainstream comeback was fueled by nostalgia. Yeah, a little, yes, for the most part. For the and you see that regular people in the titles that are offered at major retailers. Yeah, because a lot of it is remade albums. Or repressed albums of older stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like, you go into a Walmart and there's like a thousand Kiss records <laughs> and a thousand Bon Jovi's and oh, oh, there's a fair amount of Led Zeppelin's and Pink Floyd's. And then there's like, there's always the Billie Eilish records and yep. the Greta Van Fleet record and the, the Stranger Things soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And there, so there's that. Like, and Stranger Things itself was nostalgic in its own right. Yeah. So then you take. The show, which was nostalgic, and then had nostalgic music, which was like part of the reason a thousand, pe- a billion people watched that was because of oh, it's like it's like wh- how I grew up in the you know in yeah. the sixties and seventies uh, or the seventies and eighties or whatever. And it's like okay, like I get it. And like good on you, Netflix, and good on you, Stranger Things people for making something that was awesome. Let's be honest, it was amazing, and also had all this other appeal to get other people watching. I, I totally get it. And then, so it's just like, uh, yeah, so I think nostalgia fuels a lot of it. The um, I do think they miss the point. Because, like, I'm not a record snob, but if I were to go into someone's house and they were to have a huge record collection, but every single one of their Led Zeppelin records was brand new, I would have no interest in, even though I love Led Zeppelin, I would have no interest in pulling one of their brand new Led Zeppelin records. Mm, yeah. And looking at like, because that's the fun part. And I go see my, my parents. And my dad's like, oh, look at this record I got. It does this cool thing, or it came with this cool sheet of paper, and it's like <laughs> you like taking it out of the sleeves and looking at it because it's an old record. And you're like, wow, it's so clean. How they how did how did survive this long without being destroyed? Oh my god, what a great find! Right, and it's nice that you and your dad can kind of bond over it. Well, that's the thing is, like, I started collecting records, and he had a huge record collection when he was growing up, and then got rid of it all. Yeah, and then in the 70s and 80s he was like a cassette guy mm-hmm. and he still collects cassettes so just me kind of i kind of re like jump-started his 
he's he's lucky because he's got a lot of record stores around him, and there's a lot of people just buying and selling records like out of their own collection around him that he ha- has available. And around us, we really don't have much. No, we have like the record riot. Well, they've there's been events in the past where collectors have come and sold things. I haven't. I've been looking for those. I haven't been able to find any other thing like that well, since we went to that one. But we have like the panda, the panda pandemic. Oh, oh. Well, that was that record. I was like three and a half years ago. I know, but I'm saying that's why recently there probably wouldn't oh, have been anything like probably, that. probably not because it was like in a hotel conference yeah. room. Yeah. So we only have like maybe two record stores, like legitimate record stores. Yeah, that one in Albany. Yeah. And I can't name the second there, one. There was a very rough oh, one in Schenectady. Schenectady. But it's one of those things where I wouldn't even consider that a record store. They have lots of records, but it's not sorted. It's not. He's like a junk dealer who happens to have a large record collection. The last time you probably got to really look was at the Q Mart in Pennsylvania. Um, like really sort through a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, probably. And they, my parents were recently down there again. He he bought like a bunch of two dollar, like Did he, twenty like, call or thirty you tell you? records for like at fifty cents a dollar, two dollar, like yeah, yeah. Because nine times of cool out of ten, if Mike's dad calls him on the weekend, it's about a record. Yeah, he found. yeah. So and we have like lists of each other's records that if we find one, he'll we'll buy it for each other and then reimburse each other later on, or, or buy a record for you. And oh, I've got one for you over here, and then we just swap them. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of nice and. Um, that's something that I have enjoyed, uh, is looking at records with him. Not that I get to do it all the time, but enough that it it is fun. All right. So the website I will put in the show notes and to give you an idea of why I said it's going to roast my music taste is because the website is called how bad is your Spotify? No, it's putting dot cool something, something. Our sophisticated AI judges your awful taste in music. So, like, it, it's meant to be. Like, it, no one is going to go into this and, like, get a good result. So it says, hey, hi, I'm an AI trained to evaluate musical taste. I'm just going to look at what you listen to. I won't post or change anything. So I'm clicking, how do you know it's good? I've been trained on a corpus of over 2 million indicators of objectively good music, including pitchfork reviews, record store recommendations, and subreddits you've never heard of. He's already very judgmental. So all you do is log into your Spotify. So it says, analyzing your listening history. LOL, OMG. Okay, hold up. Do you really listen to I've Been Waiting with I Love Mackinan and Fall Out Boy by Lil Peep? Yes, I do. And many people say that the Fall Out Boy version of I've Been Waiting is better than the original, so I have no shame. Like, ironically, I'm answering, no, cool, dot, dot, dot. Seeing plenty of pop, (laughs) finding a lot of fallout, boy, like, a lot. Lot is in all caps. (laughs) Oh boy, Tokyo Inn by Hayuko. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oh great, another childish Gambino stand. (laughs) You've been listening to a lot of fallout, boy, lately. You okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, I see. It, it, it doesn't, it's not an AI then. Is it saying the same things it to you? It's the same exact thing to me. Oh, I'm so mad. It just replaces It just replaces names. the artist names? I said, yeah, why? No reason. Of course, Paramore. One last thing. 
F Mary Kill Choose Fast, and it has Tyler the Creator, Childish Gambino, and Beyonce. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm not going to make that decision. I can't kill one of them. It doesn't matter what you pick. <laughs> I'm not going to reveal my results. We're only two episodes in. I'm not getting that deep. Have you been to Coachella? No. Clearly. <laughs> um, I've listened to Beyonce's Coachella about a thousand times, so... Your Spotify was pretty good, JK. <laughs> your Spotify was bad. Your Spotify... Your, it, like, keeps changing the text. Your Spotify was liberal arts, hip-hop, retirement home, high school graduation bad. Did yours say the exact same thing? Thank your obsessions with Childish Gambino, adult standards, and see you again for that. What's adult standards? I don't know. My second one is something I don't recognize as well. Based on your... It was like in lowercase, so I don't know if that's a title. Based on your listening habits, I can also tell you your Spotify was... Oh, God. Too many feelings bad. <laughs> well, I am a Scorpio moon, so that makes sense. Escape room bad. High notes and higher ponytails bad. I'm not sure what that is. OMG, I'm Baby Spice. Who are you bad? <laughs> Twitter fighting bad. Here's else what I learned in that hellscape. You listen to these tracks too much. After the Storm by Callie Uchis. Gone Gone Thank You by Tyler the Creator. The Office by Eldre. That's a lo-fi version of the Office theme song. <laughs> Feel Like a Fool by Callie Uchis. You stand these artists... To an uncomfortable extent, Fall Out Boy, Tyler the Creator, Childish Gambino, Beyonce, Paramore. You are 39% basic. That's pretty good, I'd say. That's the best thing to come out of this. You listen to a few unique things, but most of it is what everyone else listens to. You're stuck in the early 2010s. I'm fine with that. Nothing wrong with that. Analysis finally complete. I guess the important thing is that your music makes you feel good. That's true. I agree. Did you have any differences? So it was near identical. My top things is your Spotify was liberal, it's hip-hop, boomer relaxation, I write glass, and your AirPods bad. Go to the, you listen to these, read the, um, based it's just on all your... all Mac Miller tracks. They're all Mac Miller. What does it say, based on your listening habits, I can also tell you your Spotify was? Based on your listening habits? Oh, based on boomer, acid, flashback, landslide on repeat, which I don't need. Landslide is some... Oh, land, we're like a landslide day, like a song or you down. No, that's, I, I know the song. I know, the, I know the track title, but I have no idea who sings it or what it sounds like, so I don't know. I know the song. So basically. And the, I'll tell you about the, the song. So basically what this is, is like, it's just your Spotify year in review. But, Fleetwood but Mac. Mean. It is, yeah. Oh. Fleetwood oh, Mac, oh, where yeah, the yeah, landslide. Yeah. Yes, yes, okay. That's one of those down. songs I don't know. The title, too, because I've just listened to it a billion times, but I never looked at the album. I have a history with that song. Um, yeah, so I listen to Mac Miller tracks too much. I'm an uncomfortable. I'm a stand for Mac Miller, Action Bronson, Benny the Butcher, Trapped Under Ice in the Doors, 22% Basic, Stuck in the 2010s. I knew he was going to be less basic. It also, it said, you know, thank your obsessions for MF Doom, Mellow Gold, whatever that is. And Bob Dylan for that. Forget where it's. Uh, oh, you're you're basic. You're trying to sound to be cool with relaxing sounds productions, which are just things I played for the dogs. <laughs> so yeah, this is just this is the same exact thing that Spotify does with your 
listening yeah. habits year in review thing. But that isn't because it's mean. all the same exact information. Like, right. Exactly. So, but it doesn't. Spotify doesn't portray it meanly, and that's the only difference. So, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, which they don't show you this when you start, it says. Um, this is a satirical project and does not use real artificial intelligence, but a faux, pretentious, music-loving AI. The code creates a custom blend of jokes from our database paired with the insights found in the artist album genre and track data from your Spotify. So, I'm a bit disappointed because I could have just read my Spotify wrap-up or whatever it's called. Your Spotify wrapped. Which I do enjoy that. I look forward to that. I think a lot of us do. Did I just call me? Are you going to call him back? I bet he found a record. I sent him a record. <laughs> well, on that note, I would like to make one recommendation. And that is a little song called We Croquet. That's W-I-I Croquet by Gabriel Gundacker on Spotify. The album is called The Unofficial Wii Sports Soundtrack. And there are five or six songs in it, all based on sports that are not actually in Wii Sports, like uh, curling and chess in the park. But I will say that Wii Croquet goes so hard. And it's like if Wii Sports and Professor Layton had a baby. And when I listen to it, I get so amped up. It's like having a shot of espresso. So that is my music recommendation for today do you have a music recommendation no i don't, I don't recommend music to he doesn't recommend music because that's annoying <laughs> Cause he... i don't talk genres i don't i don't i don't press music upon anybody because i'm afraid to <laughs> i have no qualms about telling you to go listen to this small artist that created the unofficial Wii sports soundtrack and the best song in my opinion is we croquet he also has one other song on Spotify. It's called If I Were to Meet Richard Dreyfus" or something about Richard Dreyfus, and it's very funny. So I've followed him, and I hope to see more in the future. But for now, I will settle for a wee croquet because I'm not really settling. It's the opposite of settled. I get very amped up about it. And with that, I hope you enjoyed our little music conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I'm T-Pal. And I'm Mike. And this has been Peach Burger. Burger.